Welcome to Gigami, the podcast for up-and-coming musicians who are serious about turning their talent into a career. I'm Dave Holly. I've toiled in the trenches of the music industry, man and boy, for more than 30 years. Each week I talk to an artist or exec about their experience of how the industry really works and what you can do to give yourself the best chance of breaking into it and build a good life and make a good living while creating the fantastic music you were put on earth to create. If you have any questions or just want to get in touch with me, go to gigami.co. That is G-I-G-O-M-I dot C-O. I'll always reply. Until then, on with the show. Welcome to Gigami. I'm Dave Holly. This is the very first podcast. Normally, I will be doing the interviewing, uh, but today, as a favour, I've asked my friend James, James Hall, to interview me, really, to explain what's going on. Thank you, James. Not at all. It's nice to be here. James is uh, a writer. He's a novelist. He writes. He's a music writer for the Daily Telegraph and others. Anything else I should say about you? That'll do. I think that's right. Um, oh, we, we also, we have a podcast together. Of course. Um, How can I called forget? The Sound of the Hound, and it's about the very ancient early days of the UK recording industry. And we love it. We love it. It's, it's, um, it's on Spotify, Apple, everywhere you can find a podcast. It's available. Buy it now. Actually, it's free. It's completely free. It's completely free. But we're not here to talk about that, are we? We're here to talk about... Gigami. Me. Oh, no, Gigami. <laughs> Let's start very simply, Dave. What is Gigami? Okay, well, Gigami is a, is a slightly corny name. It's G-I-G-O-M-I, and it stands for getting in and getting on in the music industry. That's brilliant. I, well, I think it's like the Beatles, which is a terrible name, but because it's kind of, we know it so well, it's... it's um, Hold on, it, getting in and getting get, on, it should actually be Giagobiatma. Well, I've missed... The off, yes. G-I-G-O-M-I dot C-O. So, so why have I done this? Well, I guess it's... Start, I'm 56, which is terribly old, grey-haired, grey-beard. I've got two um, kids in their early 20s who are both actors. Both of them, I think it's fair to say, I'm sure they'll listen to this and, and, and make comments, but um, don't know a great deal about how the, music, how the acting industry works. You know, I've tried to give them advice, but they don't listen to me, A, because I'm their dad... <laughs> And B, because I don't know anything about the acting game. But it made me think, what what do I know about? <laughs> what do I know about? Well, I've been in the music industry for 30 plus years. More importantly, I know lots of people in the music industry. And I thought between us, we probably know an awful lot. In fact, I've already done quite a lot of the interviews, which I'm about to release over the coming weeks. And I add up, you know, how long we've been in the music industry not only us, but the people we know. Mm-hmm. So I, I've got a network, and they've got a network, so it's a network of networks. And it's like it's beyond hundreds of years of experience. It's thousands of years of working with artists, developing them, and helping them build a career in, in the music industry. So Gigami is about passing on this combined knowledge. Of the experience of the music industry. So, so each week, it's, it's going to be primarily a podcast to start off with. Each week, I interview an artist or an executive, and we're talking about how, in their experience, the music industry really works. It's, it's meant to be a lot of practical uh, information being passed on through stories. Uh, you know, how did it work for them? In, in, you know, how did they find a way through particular situations and circumstances? So how does the music industry really work? And then tips for you, the listeners, um, people who are coming into the music industry, about how you can build a career. Mm-hmm. And also make a good life, because it's about, it's about two things, really. It's about taking care of yourself so that you can take care of making music, mm-hmm. and then it's taking care of business. So you need to look after yourself. You need to find the 
time and the space to, and the headspace to make the music. And then you need to communicate that music and share it with people. And the sharing it is the music business. What it, that's, that's what the music business does. There's far too many musicians go off the rails with addiction. There's the 27 Club. That's the, the people who've died at the age of 27. Poor Amy Winehouse. You go back through the 60s with Janis Joplin and, and Brian Jones, the Rolling Stones. It's an age where, you know, the lifestyle, there's all sorts of pressures on, on, on you when you're touring. You're, you're, you know, away from home. You don't have a routine. You're freelancer. You know, you don't, your, your money situation can be in all sorts of problems. You get temptations because you're away from home. It's difficult keeping relationships going. And, you know, these days you add in, you've got to have a presence on social media. And there's a lot of mental health pressures as well as, 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 well as physical health pressures. How do you keep fit when you're eating shit motorway food yeah and, yeah you know so that side i'm really interested in the second side is looking at contracts and the people that can help you build your career and and make you hopefully successful and give you a good life it's fascinating so t- tell me what, what what in your mind are the biggest two things the biggest m- misconception about the music industry and the biggest mistake that people make going into it well the biggest misconception in my experience mm-hmm. uh, and I think people look at the music industry and think it's an ocean full of sharks. Um, now, there are sharks out there. <laughs> yes. There are sharks in every ocean. But, you know, I've, I did a bit of time working in the financial services industry. There are plenty of sharks out there. I did a little bit of time in the film industry. There are plenty of sharks out there. There's sharks everywhere, so you've got to always be aware of sharks. But my experience of the music industry, and, and particularly the execs within the music industry, is that they are dolphins more than sharks. They're all very, very passionate about music. I've never met anyone who isn't. They love it. There is nothing they would rather do than help be associated with helping you get your fantastic music, helping you make the best music possible and get it out to as many people as possible. That is the the main motivation of most people in the music industry. A lot of them wanted to be in bands and found that they weren't good enough. Ah, the musician. and, And that comes through conversation after conversation after conversation, but they can't believe they're close to the magic and they they delight in getting it out. So that's that's the misconception. And then I think what was the the other question? The biggest mistake. The biggest mistake. I I I, I'm going to frame it slightly on what is success because I, I think people think that you know uh, they're, they're, maybe they've got a hole in their in their soul that they want filling with money and adoration and and success is is total adoration and the bank balance full. I I, th- I think life's about balance. That's why I keep coming back to these things: taking care of yourself, taking care of your music. You know, you've got to create the right environment to make the art and then building the career. And I think concentrate on the process of each of those things. Make yourself ready for when opportunities come because somebody's got to have opportunities. It could well be you, mm. but make sure you're ready for them and stop thinking about what's, what it's going to be like having a swimming pool full of champagne. And the char- Because <laughs> the chance of that, not, not the cocaine thing, but, but the, the, the success is one in, you know... A squillion. A squillion. But... You know, I was talking to a guy last week, actually, and, and, it, and this, this, this person has had um, hit records. Um, he's written music for Phil. I won't mention his name because it was a personal conversation, not part, part of this. But he said, do you know what? I'm, I'm, he's in his late 50s. He said, I've managed to put a roof over our head. He's married with kids. He's, you know, kids have gone to school. They've all gone off and, and doing careers. And he's done it all doing the thing that he loved more than anything. And he's played with some fantastic people. He's got, you know, memories. He's got so many projects on the go. He's, he's fulfilled as a person. So I think the art, the making music is the most important thing of it all. And then putting processes around your life that help you 
do the make the best art that you can. That's what I what I think, and share it with as many people as you can. So how how will Gigami work? If I'm a consumer of it, what what will my experience be? How how will I consume it? Okay, well, it, it's primarily a podcast. So so there'll be a weekly podcast with uh, which is going to be an interview with uh, either an exec or an artist. Or we've we've started pulling some themes out around men- mental health and well-being and physical fitness, keeping fit while you're doing these things. And I'm talking to experts in those fields who work with musicians. What kind of level of people are you talking to? So, so in, I'm, I'm talking to the, the top execs in the UK industry. It's very UK-focused, this. It, it works for anyone in the world, but you've got to be aware that there are subtle differences in, in, in the laws around exploiting music in each country. But it's basically, we've got James Bay and George Ezra's manager, we've got Coldplay's A&R, we've got Ed Sheeran's live agent, lawyers, accountants, okay, so we're sync the- agents, the top people in, in, in the UK industry, from live, from records, and from publishing, which is the business of managing yeah. the songs. Yeah. Um, and then on the artist side, we've got, we've got people who've been in the game 60 years, through to people that are, are, are newly signed, and we've got people that have won Grammys, had platinum records, sold out Wembley Stadium, and they're all going to talk about their experience how of how they went through the process of breaking into the music industry and then making a good living in it. So will each, will each episode focus on a different part of the industry? Is that the idea? No, we're going to do it's just one-to-one interviews. One-to-one, with, about everything. Uh, yeah, uh, with that person, yeah. about their experience. Yeah, yeah. and. I'm a big believer that information goes in in the form of stories. Yeah. So it's the, their story is Fantastic. what I'm after. So and I'm after tips and techniques and tools that they have learned themselves that might be useful for you if you're um, looking to get into the music industry and make a career out of yeah. it. Will you address the very fast-changing part of the industry, which is how music is listened to? So the streaming revolution, the decline in physical sales. You mentioned social media, but the fact you have to be kind of on all the time. You will be addressing those, will you? Absolutely. I mean, that, it, that is the industry these days. The, yeah. You know, the, the streaming game is 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 core to, to communicating your music out there. You you've, you're still likely to probably make more money on the live side. Not at the moment. Mm-hmm. We, we're having this conversation. In hopefully, what is the dying days of the COVID restrictions on on gathering? That we're told in a couple of weeks' time that may well be lifted. But live is is is, is where you earn your chops, and and you can earn most money most quickly but but streaming's really important and then social media everybody has to be on it mm-hmm. i'm afraid it's it's the it's the way of connecting but yes we're dealing with the difficulties of that and 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 a lot of artists it's the hardest bit of their job they hate it but they've got some tools of how they how they deal with it and motivate themselves to do it and deal with the nasty people out there the trolls but realistically just going back to to earning a living and streaming there's this whole government inquiry at the moment about the streaming economy and although the Ed Sheerans and, and Dua Lipas of this world are very rich and successful there's a very long tail of artists who make very little money are you confident that a career in the music industry can be a career for life and people can make decent money without having to sell out Wembley, Wembley Stadium for example I, I think it's possible. It's very, very possible because lots and lots of people do it. Yeah. But the way of which James and I have, who's asking the questions, we have a podcast based around the 18, 1890s to about 1915 at, at the moment. And you can see the music industry at that point is revolutionised by the introduction of a new technology, which is gramophone records. Yeah. records. And if you follow the industry for the next 120 years, it goes up and down. All the different income streams go up and down. We're in yet another 
period of change. I think it's the fastest change I've experienced in my lifetime. But is it faster than the 1890s? Probably not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people have to adapt. So music is the greatest product in the world. People want more and more and more and more music. What often happens with the new technology is it's unfair the way the, the revenues are shared, and I think it's unfair the way streaming revenues are shared yeah, at the moment. That's what, and, I, and I think I think most people think that um, people who it's unfair unfair in favour of are aware of that, but quite less less likely to to want to share it. Well, more they're the evenly. ones who run the, re- the record labels. <laughs> it was Guy Garvey from Elbow said that there's he described it brilliantly. He said um, with streaming, he said there's been a land grab, and it's been clumsy. And that's ex- that's a great way to look at it. And, and that's happened time and time again yeah. with different different. Um, you know, when radio came in and and m- there was no money from that for a time, and then the industry reorganises and people go to court and sue and cases are won. And I'm I'm sure that you know it's already beginning to happen. Negotiations with the uh, the digital service yeah. providers yeah. are ha- happening. I work at you know my day job, which we've not mentioned. I'm a music publisher, and I can see that that you know our revenues from digital are, are going up okay. very very significantly, and I think they're going to carry on go, growing up going up. So you mentioned your day job, Dave. Tell us a bit about your career to date, and don't be bashful and shy. Tell us how you started, and give us every job you've had. Okay, so the me in Gig and Me. Yeah, are they? <laughs> well, I started the music industry as you do as, as a chartered accountant. I had no idea what I wanted to be when I came out of school, uh, university actually. Both my parents were teachers. All I knew is I didn't want to be a teacher. I wanted to do business of some sort. And I had no idea of getting into business. And somebody had the idea, well, be a lawyer or an accountant because you get to look at lots of businesses and you might find one that you, you want. To be a lawyer, you had to pay to train. I didn't have any money. To be accountant, they paid you, and I had a maths A level, so I, uh, they took me for that for some reason. But the company that I that, that I got the job with specialised in music, and I I chose them. I wanted to go and work for them because I thought if I'm going to do a boring job, I might as well do it in an interesting world. And I loved it. The first the first day, I walked legal papers and documents down to um, uh, the law courts because Frankie goes to Hollywood was suing Trevor Horn's um, companies. So it's like the fallout. They'd been a huge band yeah, when I was at university and I was helping break them up, basically. <laughs> but I thought, wow, you're in the middle of things. Um, in fact, we were working for Trevor Horn. We did a lot of work for and ZTT. Won, just out of interest. I can't even remember, <laughs> to be honest. I really can't remember. No, I can't remember the details of the case terribly well. Anyway, so, so I then uh, joined EMI as a finance person. And I... I um, Actually, something that was quite interesting, when I was working for what was called Touche Ross, the accountancy firm, I got a job helping set up a music festival in Spain. So I went to work for the music festival from literally sitting on a, around a kitchen table with some pieces of paper working out what it would be like, how many days, what artists we'd like, all the way through to finding a, a location, finding funding, booking the acts, putting the, the, the production together, filming it for television and then making a TV show and selling that TV show around the world. And I was involved in all parts of that from the money point of view, but also we were so short of staff. I used to roll my sleeves. You know, I negotiated um, Steve Cropper of the um, Booker T and the MGs. To co- Bob Dylan was playing, and Bob Dylan wouldn't play unless Steve Cropper was playing. And I got the job to persuade Steve Cropper to come and play. And I was just like, I cannot believe I'm talking to one of my heroes, musical heroes. Um, so I did. I did some live work. That I was there for about a year working on that project, and I went out to Spain for three months. Uh, where the concerts were, and that was brilliant. But then, I'm, then I joined EMI, EMI Records, working for the Parlophone label, 
And that was during Britpop, where we just signed Radiohead and Blur and Supergrass. They also had the Pet Shop Boys and Morrissey. And it was real epicentre of, of, of the Britpop years in the 90s. And I moved then. I got, I got asked not to be in finance, to come and run... A, a little place called Abbey Road Studios. I think I've heard of that. <laughs> and it's it, that was probably the greatest job in the world because it was Abbey Road Studios in London. It was Olympic Studios in London where the Rolling Stones did a lot of their work. And, and it was, you two and Madonna. And, and you two and Madonna, everybody. It's now a cinema. It's now a cinema. Uh, and then um, Townhouse Studios, which I don't know if you know, Phil Collins did that. Yeah, yeah. Drums, that's where it was recorded in the townhouse. And The Jam did a lot of their work there, one of my all-time favourite acts. And then in America, I had Capitol Studios in, in the Capitol Tower in Los oh, Angeles. I didn't realise that was... So that was your... Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, and that's where Frank Sinatra recorded most of his... Well, I think his greatest work. And uh, that, I that, did that for almost a decade. And so I got to meet artists all the time behind the screen when they're actually making things. And they're not promoting things, so I got to, I got to, um, you know, Kate Bush knocked on my door with a, a tray of tea and cakes and said she'd heard so much about me and could could she have a chat? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I love you, Kate. I had to stop myself <laughs> saying that. And I, I had a sort of month when Oasis were in where I drank um, a bottle or two, I think, of, of rosé wine with Liam Gallagher each evening, and it was just, you know, and I've, I've eaten with you two, and I've lunched with. Bob Dylan and you just and, and Spielberg, seems because he did a lot of film scoring. So I got I got to meet really top rate creative people and talk intimately with them. Really, and there's a Pete Doherty story that you'll never hear. <laughs> well, there's a couple actually. <laughs> <laughs> so what essentially, Dave, in, in your thirty what year career? 30? Um, well, 80, 35. 35 Although I, did, I took four, four years out to do something entrepreneurial. But yeah. so you, you've basically you've been accountant, tour manager, diplomat. Gig promoter, hustler, studio boss, marketeer, song rights owner, which is something you do. You basically, you have a pretty multifaceted view and an incredibly experienced uh, career in the music industry. I, th- I think I'm quite unusual because you, 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 people tend to stay in to their lane. Yeah. The ones who don't are people like managers. They've often dipped their toe in a few and they know how the whole business works. Yeah, yeah and I've, I've gone down each of the major areas. Um, but, but the great thing is I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert in either. You know, I'm 30 years and I'm still learning things yeah. every day. But this is why Gigami is, yeah. is going to be so good, yeah. he says on the Gigami He's podcast. He's great. Isn't he? Say that again, but, 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 James. I have to... I have to <laughs> it's going to be so good. It is going to be... So, two more questions. Yeah. First one. Someone has listened to all your Gigami podcasts. What do you hope, if they turn around to their mates and go, oh, I listened to this Gigami thing, you've got to do it because, what would you hope their answer is? Well, I'm just going to step back from that because it's the podcast, the first thing, but I've set up a, a, a little website which you may oh. or may not be visiting at the moment. Empire. G I G O M I dot C O, gigami.co. And um, on there, I'm putting other stuff. So I'm doing blog posts about things that I've learned. It's all about practical, how the business works or how you can get your shit together to be able to perform well within the music industry. I'm talking to experts, so it's often coming out of those conversations, things I've gone away and researched further, so that there's a lot more content on that website. And I've even done an introductory course, an overview of how the music industry works in just 25 minutes. And guess what? It's an overview of the music industry, and it takes 25 minutes to listen to it or read it. So if you go to the website, sign up, gigami.co, there's a start here button. Press that. It'll take you to a, would you like a free um, mini course? 
and it's a five-day, it'll be sent to you for five days, an email with an audio file and a text, and it'll help you get an overview of how the industry really works. And the, what's the five-day thing? It'll last for five days? Yeah, the link get, will you, last the, for five The first day's day is yep. an overview. Day two is songs, because that's the basic building block of the industry. Day three is recording. Day four is live, and day five ties it together and says, next steps. Amazing. So this is 25 minutes each day? No, 25 minutes a day. For the whole thing? Okay. It's actually not five minutes a day. There's eight minute one day, three minute another, but it adds up to just about 25 (laughs) minutes. It was a catchy title. But what I would hope people say is, I heard some interesting stuff. I went to the website, and I learned how to move on to the next stage, to get unblocked to go to the next stage. To help make the right decisions at the right stage, to get some sense of perspective about how you can do this. It ain't easy making a career in the music yeah. industry. It's a long term game. There's no, it's not a win, quick win. It's a commitment to a practice, to a lifestyle, and it requires a lot of hard work. But hopefully, Gigami can help inform that and give you some nudges and pushes and pulls when you need it. And I'm also really, really keen for anybody out there to ask me questions. I, I, honestly, if I can help, and I might not know the answer, but I bet I know somebody who might know it, or I know somebody who might know somebody who might know it. So on the website, there'll be ways of getting in touch you with you. You can get in touch, touch with me. There's an email thing on there, and I will respond. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, this is a project. I want to see how useful it is. Um, I think there's some really interesting people I've, I've interviewed. There's some really good advice. There will inevitably be people, be people who's a bit cynical. You know, you, you, it's all about creativity, and it is... But there's things that you've got to prepare yourself to be there to receive that creativity and you've got to do some things to get your music out into the world without going mad doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. What a lovely overview and how exciting. I think this sounds amazing. It really does. Thank Gigami. you. Yeah. Gigami with Dave Holly. Gigami, G-I. Dave Holly's G-O. Gigami. G-I. G-O-M-I dot C-O. Gigging me up. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. So, so Th- from now on, it'll be more interesting because it won't be me talking <laughs> about me. It'll be... And actually, the really annoying thing is James is far better at asking questions than I am. But we'll see. I get better as the weeks go, go along. But the people I'm interviewing, really, really interesting. So please start listening. Would you be interested in an overview of how the music industry really works? If so, I've put together a mini course called Learn How the Music Industry Works in just 25 minutes. And guess what? It explains how the industry works and takes about 25 minutes to listen to or read. If you'd find this helpful, go to gigami.co, that is G-I-G-O-M-I dot C-O. Click on the Start Here button. It will take you to a sign-up page. Please sign up and we will deliver the mini course to you completely free of charge. Thank you to all of my guests who have taken the time to talk with me, and thank you for listening. I'd also like to thank Miles D, who has written and recorded the Gigami theme music. And as ever, if you have been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode, if you have any questions, or if you just want to get in touch with me, go to gigami.co. That is G-I-G-O-M-I dot C-O. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. (laughs) 